Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the It Is Well podcast. I am your host, Danny Hardy, and I am so honored that you have tuned in for a listen today. Oh, it always means so much to me that you would take time and space out of your schedule to hear from the Lord through this podcast, which is my consistent and humble prayer. Mm. A special thank you to those of you who have taken the additional time to leave a rating, write a review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support is just confirmation of my calling, and for that, I am so very grateful. Okay, (laughs) y'all. Oh, it has been a whirlwind of a week for our hearty party of three, but we have had an absolute blast. Um, We officially have a three-year-old on our hands, and we had just the best time celebrating her the past few days. We hosted um, a super sweet frozen birthday party, complete with the best friends, um, delicious treats, and a bouncy house that the birthday girl wouldn't even step foot in. (laughs) Oh, toddlers. Um, Y'all, she sat in her little pink car right beside the bouncy house nearly the entire time. Um, And she just had the best time watching her friends bounce away in that pink inflatable princess castle. (laughs) Oh, she was so cute, um, but wanted nothing to do with jumping in the bouncy house. Um, But we really enjoyed just having time with our friends and family and having them over to our home for her party and just taking time to celebrate the sweet gift that she is in our lives. Um, But for real, like moment of honesty, we worked our tails off to decorate um, our house and to bake homemade goodies. And y'all, my feet still hurt from the weekend, (laughs) but it was totally worth it. And admittedly, I will admit it, I probably go a little overboard on decorating but it's so fun. So we just go for it. (laughs) We just have a blast with it, but it was a great birthday party. Um, but I want to share with you my two favorite things about the day. Uh, the first one is just me bragging on my little, because she is so awesome. Um, every time that a new friend arrived at our house, our daily girl ran across the yard, y'all, with arms just wide open and greeted each of her friends with a hug and the most sincere, beautiful, just breathtaking smile. Oh, it made my mama heart so proud just to see her living out the call of celebrating others and championing others by making them feel welcome into her space. It was a beautiful sight. And my other favorite part of the day was right before we sang happy birthday, we started a new tradition of sharing words of affirmation over her life. Um, In front of her friends and our family, we celebrated very intentionally who she is as a person and who God is making her. We paused to thank her friends for coming and we celebrated the plan that God has for their lives too and affirmed them. It was such a sweet moment um, to affirm who she is and who God is making her. And I got this idea from 
a friend in ministry who is living so intentionally. And um, I saw her, saw it on her Instagram and loved it, talked to her about it a little bit, and just had to incorporate this tradition into our party this year. And we will definitely be doing this from now on. It was such a sweet time. Um, it was just a fantastic weekend for our hearty party of three, just spent with out-of-town family guests, um, our closest friends, and a ton, <laughs> a ton of kiddos running around our house, which I just love. Um, but we were just honored to celebrate our sweet girl this weekend. And so the happenings of our weekend really lead us beautifully into the continuation of the topic from last time of celebrating well. Celebrating well is an essential part of the journey for those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus. Because learning to celebrate others instead of comparing ourselves to others comes from being in right relationship with our Creator and with ourselves. I am excited for us to talk today about accepting that we are made well in the image of God. Oh, this is such a simple but so intricate truth that we need to get our heads and our hearts around. Because friends, oh friends, in order for us to truly pause and celebrate others with intention, we must be at a place of acceptance with who we are and who God is making us. So on this episode, you get to listen in on a great conversation that I had with my incredible friend and my pastor, Tommy Jones. I'm so very thankful for him and the fact that he took the time to say yes. Y'all, he is so busy, but he said yes to going on this journey with me. And (laughs) y'all, oh, if you could have seen us recording, we were a little bit of a mess, Um, but it was so fun just sitting in the middle of a toy-filled playroom um, with the coffee pot beeping in the kitchen, which you'll hear in the recording, and I just love that. Um, and semi trucks like barreling down the road. Oh man, it was a little bit of a mess, but that's life, right? That's life, and we find beauty in all of it. We had just a wonderful time recording together, and I'm really just overjoyed. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I'm overjoyed to share our conversation with you as we discuss the idea of accepting that we are made well in God's image. Listen in. Hope y'all enjoy. Hey friends, I'm so excited to host my very first guest on the podcast today. Um, And I tell you what, we are just living the life of luxury right now. (laughs) Uh, We are currently recording this podcast from my daughter's playroom, surrounded by baby dolls, um, a frozen bicycle, and the world's largest stuffed dog (laughs) that she got for her birthday this weekend. So we are experiencing luxury at its finest. Our guest today is my dear friend and pastor, Tommy Jones. Um, and Tommy, I'm I'm thinking back to the first time that I ever met you, which was actually at a birthday party for some kiddos of a mutual friend. Um, and we didn't really talk much that day because there was a lot going on, but I did notice that you were super dad um, that day, walking around with your little girl and just tending to her every need, which was super cool. Um, but I remember my first impression of you that day was thinking 
that you were really nice, but that you were way too quiet to be a pastor. <laughs> um, but now being around you all the time, I realized that my initial impression was maybe wrong. <laughs> um, you retreat well, like go into your office to study or write your sermons or pray. Um, but the majority of the time, you just love to be in the thick of it with all of us on staff and cracking jokes and eating too many snacks, like three o'clock popcorn. <laughs> um, and, but you really make work and church such a fun place to be. And so I'm super thankful to have you. And and friends, it's just a joy to get to host people on the podcast who are making an impact in my life, because I believe that Tommy's story is a story that will make a difference in our lives. It's a story that's made a difference in my life. And so um, his story is just a beautiful story of God's redemption and his acceptance of God's path and plan for his life. So welcome, Tommy. We're so glad that you're here today. And I just want you to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about childhood experiences, adolescence, young adulthood, just the whole thing. Give us a, a debriefing of who you are real quick. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let me start by telling you a little who I am today. I'm Tommy Jones. I'm the pastor at Grace Church in East End. Uh, I am married to Christy Jones. She's a nurse practitioner at Maple Creek Medical Clinic. They're now accepting appointments. Um, <laughs> I have a daughter who is six. Her name is Kinley. I have a son, 14, who is Caden. And uh, we, we are really enjoying the life we live. But to tell you my my whole story, especially in a... Well, first off, what is this podcast rated? I should ask that before, <laughs> before I go into my whole story. I should know the rating of the podcast. Oh, that's good. We're, we're, probably, we're probably a G to a PG here. Fair, fair. Okay. I'll keep that in mind with the story. Um, my story is really probably very similar to a lot of people's story. I was raised in a great home. Uh, I was raised by a mommy and daddy who loved each other, who loved me. Uh, I was raised in, in, a, in a safe family, in a safe place. Um, my story sort of takes a bit of a turn around the age of seven when I was involved in a, uh, a really, really serious car accident. So serious, in fact, that the, the doctors actually called my family and said, don't rush here. I was in Bella Vista. My family was in Little Rock. And if you don't know Arkansas, that's about a three-hour shift from central Arkansas to north Arkansas. And uh, they told my family not to rush there, that I would be dead by the time they got there. For those of you who have children, I know, Danny, you, know, um, you can imagine what that call felt like. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we go through that, and, and from that wreck, I spent three months in the hospital. I died twice, and I actually lost my right leg from the knee down. Mm. Um, I don't think at the time I really had any idea the impact that that was having on my life. Because mm -hmm. when you're just a kid, you're just a kid, and you, you, know, you just deal with emotions as they come. You deal with the day as it comes, but you really don't have a sort of 30,000 foot view of what something is actually really doing to your psyche and to right. who you are. So uh, I grew up and, uh, you know, God God saved my life uh, that day. Uh, it's amazing that I'm still here. And I would love to say that the rest of my story is a story of a man who dedicated the rest of his life to being <laughs> thankful for what God had done. But I actually sort of spent the next, oh, I don't know, I was seven the next for those who know me, you know I'm doing math in my head now, and there's a great struggle going on. I spent the next 20 or so years really trying to make God regret his decision. Mm. Um, again, great parents, great things, but there was just something in me uh, that was missing and something in me that was deeply, deeply broken. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my story uh, is a story of really poor choices. Uh, it's a story of really trying to, I guess, prove to the world that I was a man, even though I was 
lacking my leg. You know, I had to prove that I was as bad as everyone else or as tough as everyone else. It's a, it's a story of um, a lot of disappointment, uh, a story of a lot of, I'm sure, heartbreaking nights for my mom and dad, wondering where I was and mm. was I going to come back and, you know, what was I going to become. Um, a lot of heartbreaking nights for my three brothers who were watching me just sort of struggle to figure out what life was all about. Mm-hmm. And um, just a story of a lot of loss and a lot of hurt and a lot of comedy because I always use <laughs> laughter to cover up any real pain. I'm like Chandler Bean, you know, a lot of a lot of laughs to cover up any real pain or insecurity. Yes. Uh, a lot of insecurity cover up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really the basis of where I come from. It's the basis of, uh, of who I was in, in the old man. It's the basis of a lot of where my thoughts are now, because even though I am, I am changed and different, I never forget who I was. So that's sort of an overview, the 30,000 foot view of, of my <laughs> life and where I've been, yeah. and I'll fill in any, any holes you want me to. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. So one verse that just comes to my mind as, as I hear you tell your story and knowing your story um, is from Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I imagine after you've experienced a trauma like you did and being a young kid who then only has one leg and you're on the playground with friends and you're having to learn how to do all of the normal things and the running and the jungle gym and all of, um, you know, playing sports and that kind of stuff. And with making such adaptations, I imagine it's hard to see yourself as God's handiwork. Um, It's hard to see the work of God and the hand of God when things are so hard and things seem so difficult. Um, But we know that we are indeed made in God's image um, and that we honor him as a creator of good things, that he doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes. He didn't mess us up. Um, We weren't the one that um, got through the the process without his thumbprint on us. And so um, one thing I see so beautiful in your story is that over time, you've come to terms with who you are and exactly what he's made you. And part of that was you answering your call into ministry and accepting that your story was different than maybe another pastor's, but that didn't matter because it was your story and it was the story that God wrote on your lives. And so um, I see in you that you are so free to love others because you've learned how to love yourself. And that's a beautiful step, I think, in the journey for all of us to be able to really honor God as a creator of good things and then love our neighbor as ourselves requires that we love ourselves. Um, And so I'm just curious to know, like, what did it look like for you to really accept who you were physically and emotionally and spiritually when life didn't look like you thought it would, when life wasn't what you expected or anticipated as a kid or as a teenager? How did you get to a place of accepting who you were? That's a great question. Great question. Uh, number one, you're now my publicist. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but, you know, I mean, and let me start by saying this. To be honest, I am learning to accept who yeah. I am. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I would say I'm still not fully there yet. Uh, it would be a lie to say that I don't still have some insecurity if I'm on the beach wearing shorts. Mm. Uh, even though I am complete and secure in my position and my place in Christ, and I know him, and I know he loves me, and I know that He's using all these things for his glory. There's still a, there's still a side of me mm-hmm. uh, that still has some insecurity. But I remember when I was a kid, I remember the first time it really hit me. Uh, I had come home from the hospital, and uh, I don't have a lot of memories of being little because the 
all the medicine in the hospital erased a lot of my memory. So I, I don't really remember much under the age of eight at all. But I remember uh, coming home from the hospital and I'd gotten so many toys because my parents were connected in, in, in a church inside the body of Christ. And so people were bringing me gifts and bringing me presents. And I had a room full of like everything. Like, I had all the WWE wrestler guys. I had GI Joes. I had He-Man. Like I had everything, right? And so I remember we just moved into a new neighborhood. Uh, my dad had gotten a, a different job, a better job, and we'd moved out of one neighborhood and into a new one. And, and so I remember there, all these new neighborhood kids were in my house, and I realized they were all, they were all playing with my stuff. And, uh, and, I, was, and I was like, you know, I was, I, was looking at, I was looking at them, and I realized none of them were there for me. <laughs> they were all there playing with my stuff uh, because when they got bored with my stuff, I remember sitting in the window of the living room watching as they all played outside and I was mm. still just inside with stuff. Mm. And there was an emptiness. Wow. And like in that moment, as a matter of fact, I don't even know if I've talked about it since then, yeah. <laughs> but there was an emptiness in that moment mm -hmm. um, that hurt. And it was this, it really, I mean, Danny, it wasn't until I was again, in my 20s or 30s, when I really realized so much of the acting out that I had done had been to overcompensate for an insecurity. Wow. And I, I guess I kind of remember the process of, one of the strange things about my story, and I, I know I've shared this with you before, but even when I was in high school and in college and in my young adulthood, when I was in this crazy phase, I still ended up in church every Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. There was this incredibly strong pull for me uh, now. I know it is, you know, provenient grace, but there was this incredibly strong pull for me to be in the body of Christ, even if I didn't know anybody. Right. Like I would end up in churches literally having no idea how I got there <laughs> or why I was there. I just knew that's where I woke up. Mm. And I was always there Sunday after Sunday after Sunday in, in, in different churches in Fayetteville and Memphis or wherever I was living at that time. And it was really this, this process of God showing me over a long period of time that he could use all of these things for his glory if I would give him all of these things. Mm, wow. um, I think one of the things I've found and one of the reasons anyone at Grace will tell you I'm, I'm really probably uncomfortably open with my life from the pulpit is because, <laughs> and you know that, is right. because with insecurities and with differences and with these things, I've found that there's really two choices. I can use them for him mm -hmm. or they will use me. Mm. They'll destroy me. Like if I don't take something and, and get it captive for God, it will become a cancer inside of me that will eat me alive a little bit. Mm. So over time, what I've found that is, is, you know, I think it was comedy or drinking or drugs when I was young that, that was sort of my mask or, or my hide. But comedy and drinking and drugs never healed mm -hmm. any of the pain. It just covered it up. Yeah. When I've surrendered these things to Christ, there's been a healing. Yeah. And a change. And again, I still have some of the insecurity because there's still a flesh. You know, there's, right. I'm still human. Uh, but there is a definite 100% change from where I was as a scared little boy hiding mm -hmm. uh, to a man who's not afraid to show his wounds and scars for the glory of our God. Wow. So there's a shift and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's, it's uh, not something I saw coming years mm -hmm. ago. Right. I love the way that you addressed that we have to take captive the parts of ourselves that the world would consider shortcomings or um, things that the world would attempt to use against us, that the enemy would attempt to, attempt to use against us, but that we, when we take them captive and we give them to God, that we get to use them to point to God's goodness 
and that is so um, just pivotal, I think, in our faith that we don't have to be full of shame. We don't have to hide the things that we struggle with, but we have to acknowledge them and take them captive and then put them in God's hands and trust that he's going to do with them what he intends for our good and for the ultimate good of the world and for others. And and as I continue this conversation, which I feel like we could talk about this for days, um, yeah. um, but I think about Psalm 139, 14, which says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So as I just hear that verse, and it's a verse that I've read so often and thought through so much, um, just growing up and learning for myself how to accept myself and how to see myself as fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I just wonder, what does that mean to you? Or what would you say to somebody if they were asking what that verse meant? What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? Because I think part of us being able to trust God with our lives is, again, to be able to acknowledge that He is a creator of good things. And that when He's a creator of good things and He created us, then that means that He has good things in store for us because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So what would you say that means to someone or what does it mean to you? Yeah, I I think several things. Number one, I think before the foundations of the earth ever existed, God had a plan for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that God wanted me to lose my leg when I was a little kid. I'm not ever one who believes that God wants these bad things to happen to us. But to me, that verse fearfully and wonderfully made, what it means is God has created a plan that is for his glory Mm -hmm. and God can use us in whatever, whatever form we are and whatever shape we are. God has a plan that's bigger than anything we see. My plan uh, in my head might've been that I was going to be a world-class Olympian uh, distance runner. (laughs) Well, that's not the reality of my life. Uh, But when I surrender the reality of my life to God, what I realize is the plan that I was actually created for. Mm -hmm. And now, Danny, and you know, I've seen, I'm able to talk to people who are hurting, not because I understand their exact hurt, but because I understand pain. Mm -hmm. I'm able to talk to people who are addicted, not because I understand their actual addiction, but because I understand addiction. I'm able to talk to people who've, who've been through divorce because I've been through it or been through these different things because I've been through it. So I am perfectly made to do what God created me to do, Mm -hmm. which may not be to win a fashion show or a beauty (laughs) contest or, you know, it's to do what I was created by God to do, which is to bring hope to people who need hope. And every part of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things I wish didn't exist, they can all be used for the glory of God because God has the ability to remake, to to recreate, Mm -hmm. to repurpose, all things for good that, that the enemy might have meant for evil. Mm-hmm. So to be fearfully and wonderfully made to me means that as I stand as a new creation through Jesus Christ, God can use every single part of me for his glory. Amen. Amen. That's so beautiful. Um, and, and one thing that I think of through this is um, for people who have grown up in church or maybe you are new to church and maybe you're not in a life-giving church and they're hearing that they're broken and they're sinful and they're unworthy. And we, we hear those things and it creates in us such a distortion because we're only seeing one side of it. Um, we're only seeing the brokenness of our flesh rather than also seeing um, the wholeness of our spirit when we are walking with Christ. Um, and so to me, it's not that we are only broken and sinful and unworthy, but it's also not that we are only 
um, made worthy and made whole and made new because of the work of the cross. It's not this or that. It's this and that. Um, because we know that without Christ, without the righteousness of Jesus, all we are is broken. But that because of the work of the cross, um, we went from being unworthy to being worthy because now we're seen through the lens of Jesus when God looks at us. Um, and so to me, that's such a, was such an aha moment in yeah. my adult years of realizing and learning that I'm not unworthy, that I am made worthy because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's one thing I think that people as adults, especially if you've been in a church that um, kind of hounded that in you when you were young, um, that we wear this unnecessary burden of shame. We wear this burden of, um, of guilt and of being sinful and being broken rather than using that and acknowledging that as our need for Jesus. Um, and so I think that's a beautiful just idea that I think speaks well to what you said about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made in order to accomplish the purposes that God has set out for us. And so I just want my friends who are listening to hear that it's not that you, it's not this or that. It's not that you are broken and sinful and unworthy and that's it. It's that it's this and that. It's that we are broken, we are sinful, and we are unworthy, but God. But yeah. God sent Jesus to die on a cross to bear our shame so that we could be free of guilt and shame and be seen through the righteousness of Christ by a Father who loves us. And to me, I think that sort of wraps up this whole idea of what it means to be made in God's image, to be made as his handiwork, to be fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but just to wrap us up, one last little talking point that I want us to hit on, um, because I think it speaks well to the concept and the conversation we had last time about celebrating well, learning to celebrate yourself, learning to celebrate others, um, is, is really what does it look like um, when we fully accept ourselves to be liberated to accept others and to love them and to be able to celebrate them well because that's the ultimate commandment for us to love God and to love others. Yeah, I think that's 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 the the holy grail of what we're called to do, right? right? But I, right. I think it goes back to this understanding and you, you just said it so so well. It's once I admit that I am broken, I am allowed to realize that I am beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so if I will acknowledge my brokenness, I must receive the beauty. Yes. And it's not my beauty. It's the beauty of being reborn in Christ. But I couldn't receive that. I couldn't have a self-esteem grounded in something other than the loss of my leg until I received a self-esteem mm -hmm. not grounded in self. Wow. And so this, this admission that, yes, I am broken, mm. I think you're right. Some churches just pound that, and some churches just pound you're beautiful. But when, the, when it's this and that, when mm -hmm. it's grace and truth, it's right. the fullness of what we were called to do. And so when I receive that my beauty is not of me, it is from Christ, right. then I'm allowed to see beauty in other people, mm -hmm. uh, beauty in, in, in broken stories, uh, beauty in, the, in Christ's ability to redeem. I think... For those of us who, who've been given much grace, my mm -hmm. story could be a story of condemnation and guilt and shame, but it's not because right. uh, that old me is gone and dead. My story is a story of victory. It's a story mm -hmm. of it's a story of overcoming. It's a story yeah. of the power of God. And because I know what God has done in me, I'm able to see that in other people and help other people see that in themselves. Yeah. Uh, to remind them that they are not defined by their defeat. They are defined by his victory. Oh, and those so are good. two very, very different mindsets. Mm -hmm. Um but I think it helps that I remember where I've been mm -hmm. and that I remember who I was mm -hmm. and I remember what I felt like about myself before 
before I felt him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a change, but I'm, I'm, I guess if I'm broken, then I'm beautifully broken because, yes. because I belong to him now and he restores all these things. Yes. And that's not arrogance. That's confidence in a yes. God who has the power to heal. Amen. Amen. I love that. And that's such a great place for us to wrap up that it's not arrogance, but it's confidence, not because we are confident in us, but because we are confident in him, which gives us his confidence and allows us to go into the world um, and share the light that he is and the love that he has for us. And so oh, I've just I've just loved having you on the show today. And I'm so thankful um, just again for the chance to know you as my friend, to, to learn from you as my pastor um, and to be able to, to let the world hear a little bit more about who you are and more of your story. And um, friends, I hope that this has hit something in you today, resonated with you today in a new way that draws you closer to God and helping you to see yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm so glad that you got to listen in on our conversation today. And thank you, Tommy, for being with us on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. Wow, what a fun conversation today. Oh man, friends, there is still so much more for us to uncover together. So make plans to join me next time as we continue to dive into the well that God is for us and the wellness that God has for us. I can't wait to chat with you again. I'll talk to you soon. If you are encouraged by today's podcast and believe it will be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate it and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. And thanks for listening.